we'd like to do a song that's been very kind to us. I think that you're acting like tourists, man. Wait! There's been a slaughter here! Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Podcast. Let's discuss live music. What you are about to hear is deeply disturbing. Pick up the dance, motherfucker! Can I hear a hallelujah, motherfucker? We start the show, James Brown and the Famous Flame. Uh, we're not going to play that one tonight, anyway. What song is it you want to hear? I heard it then. If I leave here tomorrow. Shut up! Right? This is a fucking rock and roll concert, a fucking tea party. I mean to say that every day is just another rotten mess. This is a love song. I'd like to dedicate this to all that Nashville pussy. Not only is it, not only is it the last show of the tour, but it's the last show that we'll ever do. Thank you. <laughs> Her name was Jolene. In fact, I saw a couple of drag queens out there that came in earlier. One of them looked more like me than I ever will. This is from 72 also. About being on the road. How long I've been on? I don't believe you. Let's talk about a band that we both love, live versus studio, David Bowie. You are not a victim. You just scream with boredom. You are not a victim. Time.
I don't love all the David Bowie. However, I do love the Ziggy Stardust live album because I think that gets more of what those early albums could have, should have had. It's much, it's more raw than those albums. I think this is a pile of shit while John Sinclair rots in prison. I could dig it. some albums that need to be live, like Frampton Comes Alive. I mean, was there even a Frampton album from which the Frampton Comes Alive live recording came from? <laughs> She won't leave her. She won't leave her. She won't 
The discussion that we're having here, Clay and I, is about live albums versus CD albums. Basically more from an overview, wouldn't you say, rather than just as a rule? Yeah, I mean, I brought up the question, why do you like live albums so much, right? Right. And, and my general problem with them is I, I want to either see the band live or I want to hear the source material. And it's about production, it's about the sequencing of the songs, the way they were to be. And, you know, I would even go so far as to say these reissues have extra tracks on them, right? Live or otherwise. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to hear all that. I, I tend to not like it added to uh, a piece of work, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't necessarily want a copy of this live, or this studio album, and then this performance. I, I almost kind of want them separately, but also that they don't give you a whole show. If they give you a whole show, it's different. But when they give you like pieces of songs and B-sides, they just kind of throw them in there. You know? Oh yeah, think about the, well, Ryko Disc did this with Bowie, right. and then they did Elvis it with Costello. Costello, right? And so the first, I mean, most Costello records, but certainly the first four albums, all right, albums two through five are like flawless, right? Because yeah. they are the attractions, yeah. the first one. Um, and then they take those amazingly paced and sequenced records that had a place in time, and they were, to my mind, you know, classic albums, and he right. was just on such a roll. And then they, you know, they went from 10 tracks, or 12, 
and then they made them 20 track releases. Then you get right. all the demo and the mono mix, yeah. and I was just like, please, you're ruining these albums. So it was a Ryko disc. Right. Somewhere in the distance I can hear a shot sound. This is my conviction that I am an innocent man. Though you say I'm unkind, I'm being as nice as I can. Boys everywhere fumbling with the catches. I struggle looking with hotel matches. Falling for you without a second look. Falling out of your open pocket book. Giving you away like hotel matches. But that's different than talking no, about right. live yeah. albums, right? Let's talk about individually issued uh, official live album. Here's my thing, just as a, a real general overview of why, is because, yeah, the source material, but sometimes you love the source material so much that you want it more of it. And so a live version, you know, is, is great. But what the real exciting part is when you get what you want, but not in the way that you expect it. You know, you get this song, or maybe you get this type of person of the song that you already love the studio version in a way that is fresh and different and so you write then and it's still it might recall that it might be nostalgia but it's not an, a replica and there are certain songs that when you saw paul mccartney and whom, whomever you saw mm -hmm. wouldn't you say that when inspired and in the right position plays a song so good that it doesn't matter with all the production
And I mostly like these things because they're archival. I can't go and see it anyway. I can't go back in time and you know, see Aerosmith in 78 or mm-hmm. something. Sure, you know? sure. Yeah. Singing a song called Boys Ringo! So let's say, um, all right, I don't know if you're, were you ever way into Led Zeppelin? Uh, no, I mean, I'm familiar with the Led Zeppelin catalog.
in a lot of ways because you pick the albums like uh, Cheap Trick at Budokan. Can you imagine a Cheap Trick in this world who didn't put out that album? No. I mean, that's similar. Even more so to me is when a live album takes something and handles it in a different way. The Who, live at Leeds, there's nothing on vinyl in the studio that the Who were ever able to capture that.
Yeah, I'm not saying that there aren't great live albums, and Live at Least is a great example. But then for every one of those, or yeah, for every one of those, there are three of Still Some Life. Bullshit. Right, Still Life. Right, well, so I would take out most of, Rolling Stones. Right, right. Which is weird. So the it? Rolling Stones live albums were, you know, for, for fans like we were, they were put out as the next release. And, you know, come on. Stones is bigger than the reality, so much so that I don't know, unless you were there in certain times, that you could ever really get it. You know what I mean? Like how good it was. And I would, if I had to have one or the other, absolutely, I would have Studio Stones mm -hmm. over Live Stones any day. Agreed. 
obviously, but th- but that would be an example of a, of a, a cynical live official rule. Right, right. Um, and I think that those outweigh or outnumber the the live releases that are great until right. So, but you know, what about when you hear something that is just so like it's live and everything, right? You're not there, but you just get. It. I wish my life was a nonstop Hollywood movie show, a fantasy world of satellite villains and heroes. Because satellite heroes never feel any pain, and satellite heroes never really die. Whatever it is, I mean, maybe you didn't listen to certain artists that I had, and you heard them later. Whereas I was at a young age to where somebody telling a story was not boring to me or naive. I was naive enough to kind of listen to the story Okay. in between the song. A lot of people don't think about it. Been in the news a lot lately, you know, heightening tensions between the East and the West, you know. They don't remember a long time ago when the United States was testing atomic weapons in the Pacific Ocean. Way back in the early 50s when atomic testing was still above ground. Little did they know when they set off one of those A-bombs lurking for millions of years encased in a block of ice. Evil incarnate waiting to be melted down and to rise again. From you too, with on the influenced by Blue Oyster Cult. Chance of nuclear destruction. Apartheid. Evil incarnate. Am I bugging you? No means of bug you. Okay, Edge, play the blues. A.K.A. Cultural Appropriation. Is this song Charles Manson stole from the Beatles? We're stealing the back. So, I guess that maybe is another thing, right? Everybody feels good tonight! Yeah, I was like, wow, 
those people must feel good. <laughs> Hello, everybody! Queen Live Killers mm -hmm. is one of my top five mm -hmm. live albums of all time. And I fucking love that. My first real knowledge of Queen was through that live album. And so, to me, it was like heavy as fuck. Sheer heart attack. Oh my god, that's fucking punk rock. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll tell you who's some good shit live is you know, like Nina Simone. Like a leaf clings to a tree. Oh my darling, cling to me. For we're creatures of the wind. Why? 
In fact, I'm going to go way out on a limb here hmm. and say that soul artists' live performances to date that I've listened to have bought a live album of from name somebody, you mm. know, Aretha Franklin, whomever, right? What is that Sam Cooke live album? It's so good. Is I don't that, remember the official name of it, but it's so good. Sam at the, it's, it's something like the Tropicana or something. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, not, no, yeah right. About those albums think about um, any time you've ever saw Marvin Gaye live on anything you know Prince you know all these kinds of artists now somebody who doesn't follow that is Michael Jackson because he wasn't playing fucking live he was trying to reproduce the fucking record right, right. yeah yeah I, I mean I guess anything in the pop realm is going to be yeah so uh, the pop uh, stuff's just off the table right okay to me the ones the live ones are the ones where the artist either get very intimate or they get very brutal. Just in case. conversation I've already taken back some of my thoughts we could be talking about some really great live albums but um, how can it be intimate if you're not there I mean isn't the point of being intimate with the crowd um, as you probably noticed I haven't got my band with me tonight um, I thought I'd try and do it on my own And it was about time The answer came back and it was a lot The house it was built by Some man in a rhyme But 
buffalo allows you to visualize your own thing, especially if you have no idea what the artist is like in the first place, which I think is also part of the line that we're talking about on when I love live albums versus when I'm indifferent to them. Well, there's a lot, there was a lot less media, right, when we exactly. were growing up, so we weren't able to go on YouTube and look up Song Remains the same level exactly. performances, yeah, right? Exactly. But you can now. Right. Right. So that takes the mystery what you're saying is, and, and I, I obviously wasn't doing this, but you, as a kid, are in your room with the live record on, imagining yourself at the concert. Absolutely. Right, right, yeah. Go, said the Entrantress, and seek ye the one known as Clint, but be warned. His medicine is potent. Few have entered his cave, and even less have returned. So take with you this talisman. She plucked it from her ample chest and thrust into his sweaty palm a tiny, upright Mexican bean. He pocketed it and crawled across the mountains for 28 days. When his labors were finished, he fumbled for the bean but could find it no more. He crawled back another 27 and a half days to where he'd come from and saw the enchantress standing bemused by a series of petrol pumps. <laughs> you forgot the bean, didn't you, said the enchantress. For 28 days he crossed the desert, his eyes glistening with the parched waters of love. Nobody could stop him now. Seek ye the one known as... Leo? <laughs> Jeff? Dennis? The other good thing about a live album is that they can pick and choose parts of albums and parts of times in the artist's career that maybe were spotty, but they might pull a gem out that you didn't remember, or they might play a really rare song that you had forgotten, or you can't fucking believe they did that. That's exciting. Oh, 
to change your name when so many love you is it the same it's the woman in you that makes you wanna play this game Even if you don't get that live in person, you sometimes would get that on, a, on an album where a version kind of made you reassess the song.
Jimi Hendrix, you know, furious live. And I honestly think that uh, somebody like a David Bowie got less interesting to me on live recording as I got older and as I was able to actually go see him and obtain bootlegs or videos or whatever. Well, there wasn't the same amount of anticipation and guessing. You know, when, when uh, Trey and I went and saw David Bowie at Walnut Creek with Nine Inch Nails, we didn't know. This was Earthling? Um, yeah. Yeah. And we didn't know that Nine Inch Nails was not going to stop playing and David Bowie was not going to start playing. You know, it blended. So it kind of unveiled itself, you know, in front of you, which was great. At this moment, you should be with us, feeling like we do, like we love to, and I will again. <laughs> 
Alright, here's one, here's a weird one, is um, Jane's Addiction has a slapped together album called uh, Kettle Whistle. Alright. And Done. well, it has some live versions of songs. And each of the li- it sadly, it's not like a live album. It's like sort of pieces of stuff. And it, it's not well done, honestly. But the live tracks on there are really a revelation to how cool they were able to pull off the studio album and get it right without duplicating exactly, you know? And it was like uh, some of the tracks on there are like three days. That song is epic enough. Can you imagine it being played live, period? that it can be done live versus in the studio is always kind of the fun aspect. I know that all this shit can be doctored to hell and it always has all the way back to Thin Lizzy's live album. There was like a Yardbirds live album where they literally dropped in the sound of like generic cocktail stuff. Yeah, exactly. Just some shit. Come 
I know that's always been the case. It doesn't take away the enjoyment from me as long as it's good, like, you know, the talking heads.
Well, you said you had a foreigner phase, right? Was that on this recording? You had a foreigner phase? <laughs> I'm not admitting to anything <laughs> like this. But you so, were saying. Um, it was my first arena show, was foreigner. Really? What and, tour? And so, uh, uh, four. Wow, you're so much younger than me, it seems like. Well, seemingly. So, yeah. uh, so Jukebox Heroes on four, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, yeah. great. So, um, Brian Adams up and up, by the way. See, I never liked him. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, who does? <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, anyway. Uh, so it's my first show. Uh, um, you know, the the smell of marijuana in the air is, is you know uh, overwhelming, right? And uh, so jukebox hero. During the course of the performance of the song, they're blowing up the jukebox, right? Right. And so uh, it ends up being this forty foot inflatable jukebox <laughs> behind behind the band, right? Right. And then you know the song ends, da 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 da, da right? Right. So on that last beat, it explodes. <laughs> the whole thing just Vanishes, Did you think that was cool as shit? Oh my god! I okay. mean, it, I mean, I, I was I'd never seen anything like it. Right. I mean, it blew my mind. Yeah. You know, again, I've never smoked pot, and I was in a crowd where secondhand smoke was. You yeah. Know, so you were getting what the you're job saying done. is you were getting a contact high at a foreigner show. Right. And and you were a virgin at the time. <laughs> were you? Um, I don't remember which foreigner mm. concert right. I lost my virginity to. What if I was just a song? Words on a page to sing the song. There are big concert moments and there are small concert. Yeah, you know, some of them are coffee houses, right? Well, so you know I love Lloyd Cole. Yeah. Uh, I went to see him a few years back. Uh, he was playing as he only does these days, solo. Um, and uh, it was in Annapolis, Maryland. This was about four years. And so he's playing this song, which I had uh, was on his latest record at the time, called If I Were a Song. And uh, it didn't really speak to me on the record. I mean, I thought, okay, fun, whatever. Good, you know, good singer-songwriter material here. But, but seeing it live, it was like it took the song to a whole different level. And now, and this answers one of your earlier questions, I go back to the original recording and I have a different feeling about it because I needed to see it live to understand where it was coming from or at least, you know, it, it clicked for me, you know, that. So that's a small moment because it's one guy with one guitar, one song buried in a record, a record that nobody buys anyway, right? And if we ever do a Lloyd Cole podcast, you know, I mean, it would be the first of its kind, right? Yes. Um, but, uh, but I saw him play that song, and, and then all of a sudden, it's become one of my favorites.
but how about um, have you heard the Police album, the live one, or seen the video for that final tour they did? Uh, no, I, I heard it was really shitty, actually. Really? Based on what I know, uh-huh. and I didn't see them live, I have the video and I have the album, and I think they're outstanding. Hmm. So well, I would rather have that. And that as, was not like a, didn't it feel like desperate? rehashed? You know, you no, know, it didn't. Well, that's why the album is great, because they do the songs, but they really stretch out. Hmm. Like, right. it's, it's, no. I really like it. <laughs> I just know this shit through whatever reason. Uh, Fish did used to have a kind of cool thing, and for a live it was cool, where every year for several years they let their fans pick out what album they were going to perform in its entirety on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yes. they had the White Album, 
They did the entire White Album live. Oh, you mean not just which one of their albums, but album. Uh, wow, okay. In history. Sweet. I have to be careful not to preach. I can't pretend that I can teach. And yet I've lived your future out by pounding stages like a clown. And on the dance floor, broken glass and bloody faces slowly pass in numbered seats in empty rows. It all belongs to me, you know. That's a cool concept. And the fact that they weren't just like studio musicians marching through it or a bunch of like kind of uh, sidemen thrown together to do a real, you know, polished thing. This was a one-time event and they had to rehearse for it. It was probably the last they'd ever played that. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Sure. So the other albums they did, their fans were quite challenging. So uh, they also did Quadrophenia, whole album. They did Fear of Music, by the So, pretty All interesting. Right, yeah, no, really interesting. Nirvana comes to mind. The live stuff, no.
girl, where will you go? I'm going where the cold wind blows In the pines, in the pines Where the sun don't ever shine I will shiver the whole night this conversation talking about stuff like that right yeah and yeah. then you fucked with me by right. bringing up records that I could not dispute their quality or their reason for being four miles down the cavalcade moves on driving into the sun if I wanted I right they won't see me I've got my radio, I can hear what's going on. Governor's car is 
are there any things live that you love that you would just have to draw? Because mm. I'm going to have all kinds of shit. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll... Okay, well, I think that kind of tells the story, doesn't it? sit there and do a whole comedy routine for like an hour and a half of just in between song shit that is either funny or touching or scary or offensive or whatever apparently the PA company's offered you the uh, options of wrecking it for them after we finish so anybody who wants to take a speaker with them See that fly across the room? Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. They put out a bunch of live albums. However, did you see when they played that show uh, that was a tribute to The Who? Yes. That yeah, no. was a moment. Yeah.
period where I would have liked to have seen Radiohead. I have seen Radiohead. You saw Radiohead. Yeah. What would you say about that show? Well, it was uh, on the Benz tour, right? Wow. So okay, so that's a long time. Yeah, ago. yeah. It was at Irving Plaza, small club. Everybody was there. Well, I've just gotten to where I really don't want to see Tom York dancing. No, it's not pretty. But they do have some live recordings there, actually. This is the sexiest song that was ever written. Nobody does. Makes me feel sad for the Nobody does it half as good as you. Baby, you're the best. I get on the train and I just stand about now that I don't. Produced by Donnie Shattuck. Listen, I want to tell you all, I want to tell you, you've been a dynamite audience and you deserve to give yourselves a round of applause. Let's go! All right! Sam Cooke, live at the Harlem Square Club. Live at the Harlem Square Club. It's live at the Harlem Square Club. Indeed.